It is such a treat to have Sharmila back home. And, and you've probably, some of you have been around, you've heard about Sharmila. Sometimes she's even participated in some of our worship services on Zoom. Um, but she has been serving God in Tanzania. You started that how long ago? 22 years. 22 years. Oh, here. Let's use this one. Okay. There we go. 22 years. 22 years. And, and that was something that you started, the ministry there in Mbeya. God, God called me to start it in Mbeya. 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 I get it right. <laughs> Very good. And so you've got some things that you wanted to share with us of, of what God has been doing for, through the ministry and, and, and in you in the last um, number of years. Boom. Uh, it was more focused on how God called me into the ministry mm -hmm. and how he called me out of the mission field. Into the mission field and out of the mission field are equally important. So... Let's get that right up. There right up go. there? Oh, there yes, of go. course. Sorry. Um, so let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this time that you have called me to share with my church family people who have prayed for us even when they had never met me or spoken with me. So I thank you for, their for your faithfulness and their faithfulness, Lord. And I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And let your name be glorified through my words. So God had been preparing me to hear his voice in two ways. One was through Special Olympics when I lived in Yellowknife. Uh, my, my life before Tanzania is for another day. <laughs> but um, in Yellowknife, he used me to start, um, help start Special Olympics. And when I asked him why, he said, spoke from Matthew 25, 40. The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these my brothers and sisters, you did for me. Because people who are in Special Olympics cannot speak for themselves. And also he showed me that he, they needed people to speak for them and to help them. And it is wonderful to see how God has used that to empower those who are mentally challenged in different ways. And then also he showed me that uh, the young people in Yellowknife did not have much to do. If you were not involved in curling and hockey, there was not much to do. And I was of the opinion that young people, when they turned around their teens, should be put in a box and nailed shut and, and opened up when they were in their twenties. <laughs> because I'm a Montessori teacher and I love young children, but the teens and I, we did not click. But one day when I was driving home, I saw two young boys throwing stones at a school and breaking windows. And God said, aha, see, this is why I want you to help start a ministry for young people. And so a drop-in center was started in Yellowknife for these young people. And God has helped keep both things going up to this day. So it was obedience that God was looking for from me. He wanted to be obedient first in my own backyard before he could call me anywhere else. And then he started asking me to go into the mission field and my answer was no. 
I never wanted to be a missionary. And I asked him to go and call the people who have been wanting to be missionaries from the time they were five years old, not me. But he persisted and after six months I said, okay. Then I thought he will ask me to go to the North, Canadian North, being a visible minority. I connect with the First Nations people very well. And I have been up to the high Arctic as well. And he said, Africa, I said, Africa, no, 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 no. I only want to climb Kilimanjaro, go to Serengeti and Gorongoro. That is all. And all three happened to be in Tanzania. And I said, why me? Why do you, why do you keep on calling me? And I heard in my physical ears, I want Africans to know that missionaries have brown skin. I can see some people trying to turn around go around that thing. I want missionaries to know that, I want Africans to know that missionaries have brown skin as well. And I said, big deal. And since shortly after I got there, I realized what a big deal it is. Because those of the Indian subcontinent are not looked upon very favorably by the Africans. Because they do not treat the Africans very well. And it made them stop and think, and they are also not very altruistic outside their community. Why is this person coming and doing this kind of work, which is not the norm? This is not what Indians usually do. And it made them sit up and think. And up until I left, there were maybe three people who had met a Protestant missionary from the Indian subcontinent. And maybe five who knew Christians who are of the, uh, from the Indian subcontinent. There are a lot of Catholics, uh, Indian Catholic nuns and um, brothers and, and priests there, but not Protestant. And that was another eye-opener for them. And God used Abraham as my mentor. And the verse that he gave me was from Romans 20 and 21. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully, fully assured that God is able to do what he has promised. And I clung on to that. But God had to do an inner work in me. And that is what I want to emphasize today. He first took me to South Africa. And somewhere in my head I had thought, oh, apartheid is over, so everything is fine. But it was not fine. There was still a lot of racism. And people put the fear of, as soon as I went there, put the fear of the Africans, the black, Af the black Africans into my mind. And I was so free in Yellowknife. I could walk in at 10 o'clock at night with my dog and not be afraid. And here I was living in gated communities. I felt I really felt like one of those locked up animals in the zoos. And I started falling into a pit of discouragement, of disappointment. And I, when I hit bottom, all I could do was look up. And the Lord asked me to read the Song of Solomon's. I'm one of the millions who, think, who thought that this book should not be in the Bible. It was too sensuous a book to be in the Bible. Nevertheless, I read it many, many times. And as I read it, God spoke to me as to the kind of relationship he wanted to have with me. 
and fr with friends i went to the to kwazulu natal on the on the indian ocean and every morning i would with my coffee i would walk along the beach and say god you know you made such a beautiful sunrise today and look at look at i would just talk with him about his own creation and one day i was led to a set of rocks and as i sat there he used the rocks and the water to speak to me and he said his love is the water and you can see the water comes and covers this rock as you are single i will be your covering and he said the the barnacles on the side they are not bad but they are not necessary and my love can wash away the barnacles in your life and uh, there are jagged edges on the rock my love can wash away the jagged edges in your life and make them smooth the nooks and crannies neither the water nor the rocks differentiate as to who whether it can go in there or not and in like manner my love can go into every nook and cranny of your life and at the shore the water is frothy because there is no depth he said look out look way way out where the water is still because there is depth there i want to take you into the depth of my love and he said come away with me my dear one come away into my secret place into the depth of my love and when i stood up from those rocks i knew that my beloved is mine and i am his and his better for me is love and i needed to be in that pit and to get out of the pit to realize what my lord and savior and my love wanted from me and then uh, because i went to south africa on the outside not on the inside i went because i had to go not because i wanted to go so god had to do that attitudinal change in me he had to change my attitude so then on september 5 2001 when i went to tanzania i went because i had to go and i had asked god this question god how can i help you to expand your kingdom how can i be your hands and feet on this earth we are very good at saying god these are my plans come and join me but how often do we say god what are your plans and how can i join you and that took me to tanzania on september 5th 2001 yes four days before 911 i arrived in tanzania and i was led to this church called restoration bible church under which hope for the future is registered and through that church i met a lady gloria who invited me to her home on february 10th 2002 and while talking she mentioned the children's remand home even here we have a remand system where before when you are said you are held in remand until your case is heard and there they have a home for ch- uh, children a remand home for children and she said ask me if i would like to go i said yes and when we went there it was meal time and there were about 30 boys there and at the very end of the line was a little boy 
He was wet, he was crying, he was shivering and he had the filthiest piece of cloth to wrap around his waist. I didn't know Swahili at that time, so I asked Gloria, you know what's going on? He had tried to escape, so they stripped him naked, beat him, doused him with cold water and Umbea is at 1700 meters above sea level, so it can get pretty cold there. And even in the uh, warm season, it is cool because it is a rainy season. Hence the reason for him to be shivering. And I had never, I grew up in Sri Lanka. I had never seen such depravity of a human being before. And then there was a boy, mid-tied downwards, his, both his legs were full of sores. So the head of the remand home asked me if I could take him to be something about him. I said, yes, I would come the next day. And I went the next day and took him to the hospital and it was a very advanced case of scabies. And they said the whole place has to be disinfected because it's full of this tiny mite that goes under the skin and lays eggs and those burst and then it keeps spreading like that. And so I said, that morning I said, Lord, if this is what you want me to do, I will do it. And But I'm laying out a fleece. The head of the remand home should ask me for my help, which he did within half an hour. Of, within half an hour. And so I started the work there, going there twice a week and sharing the gospel with them. Taking, we built a basketball hoop. That was before I knew that uh, soccer is a religion in Africa. Um, so they would hit, kick the ball rather than throw the ball and played games with them and they had board games and things because that was the only time they could come outside. If not, they were inside all the time. And that's where I met my right-hand man, Leonard, who was there for a crime he did not commit, which is another story. Um, and when he's the one who asked me the most thought-provoking questions, and God said, keep your eye on him. One day I went, he's gone. He had left. And the next day when I was walking down the street, I met him. And that had been the day after he had been released. And he, we have been together, working together for nearly 20 years. And he has caught the vision. He's married to a lovely lady who has also caught the vision. They have three children. And it's amazing the things they do sacrificially for the work. And he's the one who's heading up the program side of it, now that I have left. And I have no hesitation in that he will run it uh, well. He is, he is a remarkable man. And then when I went to town, I would meet boys who wanted to wash my car with muddy water. And I said, absolutely not. And I asked, why do you want money? We are hungry. So in order to work on my Swahili, I would go take them to a little cafe and sit with them and talk. And one day I saw a boy with a stick, Alphonse his name, stick here. And I said, Alphonse, what is that? And he turned it over and there was the exit point. He said someone jabbed a stick into his 
finger because he was accused of stealing a garbage can. Whatever the crime was, that is, you do not put foreign objects in people's bodies. And so I got, took him and got him that taken out. And then God asked, what would have happened to Alphonse if you were not here? And so the drop-in center was started with 12 boys. And on January 12th, when I left, I shook 400 hands. And the numbers have been increasing. I talked with Leonard yesterday. And um, Tuesdays and Fridays is when we have all the children coming. And we are averaging about 425, 430 every Tuesday and Thursday. Tuesday and Friday. And as you know, HFF provides food for the spirit, soul and body. And it's amazing how those seeds that have been planted in these children have been growing. And we get the testimony of their lives from the people in the community. How they can be trusted. How they would do well at school. So much so that all five primary schools ask Leonard to come with them. What we do for the, that our children have the best attendance and some of the best marks in their classes. Which is also for another day as to why that is. And from about 2010 to 2021, we helped about 15 boys go to secondary school and they all dropped out. And I was here, I was in Comox, and I asked the Lord, why, what's the reason for this? There has to be a reason. And he directed me to John 1.46, where Nathaniel, when uh, Peter and Andrew told him about Jesus, Nathaniel said, Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? And the area where these children work or live is also an area like that, where the scum of the earth live. Nothing good can come out of Nunde and Itiji. So I broke that curse. And in 2021, our first student completed secondary school and went into college. And now there are three in university and three in college. And many more are following. And last year, they had to sit there when they sat for their grade 7 government exam to go into secondary school. 27 of them sat for it, and all 27 got through, which is another miracle. Because that curse has been broken over them. And they are free to live the lives that God wants them to live. And then, in also in 2020, God made me aware. It is not that I heard him, but it's an air awareness or knowing that my time in Tanzania was at an end. And what Can you hear me? Okay. Um, when I went back, Leonard and Amani, Leonard is a program director and Amani is a program manager. They had done such a good job. They had done a better job than when I was there. And so I knew I had worked myself out of a job. And 
it was time to return. And yes, there is, you want to know about my two sons, Joseph and Stephen, Stephen, and that's also for another day. But it is very, very important to be able to hear God's voice. My sheep know my voice, Jesus said. And we have to place ourselves in the position where we can hear God's voice. And that is my prayer for you, my church family, is that you would hear God's voice. Place yourselves in the place. And if you want to ask that question, how can I, God, how can I help you? Be prepared for a 180 change in your life. And are there sacrifices? Yes, many. But our end goal is to see God's kingdom come on this earth and for his kingdom to be expanded so that he can return. It is our job to spread the word, share the word, and live the word. My father said there are five gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and the gospel according to Shamala, gospel according to Samantha, gospel according to Lauren, and the non-Christian, the non-believer, that's the gospel they read. Our lives. And that is my prayer. That in through our lives, all glory will go to God. And that we will be his vessels here on this earth. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful church family of mine. Living Hope Community Church. Thank you for their commitment to stand with hope for the future, to stand with me, to stand with Joseph and Stephen, and to be so caring and compassionate and giving in so many different ways. I thank you for the way this church embraced me when I was here just for three months in 2021. And that commitment has not failed, neither has it waned. So I pray that you will help them to listen to your voice, to hear your voice, and be your instruments on this earth, to be used by you, and to be able to live their destiny on this earth. And on that great day of judgment, to hear the words from you saying, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Come and receive your reward. All glory goes to you, Lord, that you called me to be your vessel in Tanzania. All glory goes to you for what, has hap what is happening in Nambea, Lord, and how that little community is spreading your love to others around them. Be, be your, let your name be glorified in everything and all that we do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Sharmila said that she's open. I don't know if anybody's got some questions for her, um, things that you want to know about what has been going on in Mbay or, or how the Lord has been working in her life and drawing her um, in all of these different locations and now back here to Parksville. Take a few minutes just for any questions that you might have. There's Over one here. at the back. 
You, you said the story of your sons was for another day. Could you uh, share that today? <laughs> I don't, I think I've run out of time today. <laughs> you can at least give us an update on how, okay. how they're doing. So the reason I'm here by myself is because uh, to be, okay, let me back up. I tried to adopt them um, after the, I had seven boys living with me. And when the five older boys graduated, I wanted to adopt Stephen and Joseph, but I couldn't since the laws had changed. UNICEF funded the rewriting of the Child Act in Tanzania, and they said that singles should not be allowed to adopt. That was a reason because of something that happened in 2000. I cannot remember that. And then, anyway, Tanzanian government negotiated that Tanzanians, single Tanzanians could adopt, but I couldn't. So I had to wait until they were over 18 to get them out of the country. Then to get them into Canada was another thing. So through a immigration consultant, I found out that British Columbia allows for um, adult adoptions. But in before I can apply for that, I have to be a resident of BC for six months. So that is why I'm here now, and afterwards I can adopt and bring them back, bring them to Canada. Anybody else have any other questions? No? Okay. Just so grateful, and, and your words here this morning are, are um, just so appropriate for us. Such an important challenge. I, as I as we talked and, and knew that you were going to be coming up, just what God had been laying on my heart is, is from, from Acts chapter 1. Um, Acts chapter 1 and, and verse 8, and their famous words of Jesus just prior to his ascension as he's leaving his disciples. His promise to them is that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Um, we have been blessed as a congregation, as a church family here, to, to have individuals like Sharmila that God has brought in our path and made a part of our church family um, in such a unique way that we have been able to have that kind of an, a witness and a testimony at the ends of the earth. Um, God has also blessed us as a congregation to uh, bringing people like Carl, who has Carl and Anna, who has a, a ministry here in this region, in our Samaria, our Judea and Samaria here in this region, to be able to reach out uh, to others. Um, and, and that we have an opportunity to be a part of that. God has also blessed us with people like Shirley, who has been uh, motivating and and. and mobilizing us into ways that we can have a, be a witness and a testimony here in this community, uh, whether it is handing out tracts or building relationships with our, our friends and neighbors and co-workers. Um, this is such an, a, an important part of our lives as followers of Jesus. Uh, and, and too often we come to a place where we where we see all of these people that God has equipped specially for evangelistic work, for testimonies, for, uh, for being witnesses in our world. And sometimes we feel like, oh good, and we wash our hands and say, that part is taken care of. I don't need to worry about that anymore. 
Jesus' message and his promise to his disciples was as much for them and as much for Sharmila and Carl and, and Shirley and many others that are here as it is for you. That when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will be witnesses. That as we surrender and, and allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives, that He equips and empowers us to be able to have a, a witness and a testimony in our world in a way that nobody else can. There are relationships that you have that nobody else could have. There's an influence that, that you would bring into the lives of people that are in your spheres of influence that nobody else could bring. And we need to, on a regular basis, remind ourselves that we have that role to bring where we are at. And not just to depend on Sharmila and others, but instead to look to God. And as Sharmila said, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? I love that, that uh, uh, account of Jesus feeding the 5,000. He says, ask his disciples, what do you have? And all they had was this lunch that this young boy had brought. And they said, uh, we have these five loaves and, and, and a few fish. But how could that feed everybody? God loves it when we bring our very little, our, our, our limited resources and lay it at his feet and say, Lord, use it. He takes that little that we have and blesses it. And through the power of his Holy Spirit, multiplies it in ways that we could never imagine. So we are, are blessed to have a, an example and a witness. And, and somebody that can help motivate and, and inspire us to taking greater steps of faith, greater steps of obedience in the places where God has placed us. Um, and so we are, are so thankful that you've returned to us. It's so good to be back. It's so good to be back with my church family. Mm -hmm. And I look forward to getting to know most of you, or every one of you in the time to come. Yeah, Sharmila, I um, it's very it can be um, having people move to this community can be quite discouraging sometimes for housing, and we know that you're struggling, or you have been um, asking for for help with that and a job. Can you give us an update on where you're at with that, and have you found a place to live, and and what about work? I posted my profile on a couple of uh, sites for nannies. And on Monday, when I was in Victoria, a lady contacted me from Duncan, and she's looking for a live-in nanny. So I met with her on Tuesday, and um, she was very interested in hiring me. And, and so I'm going to meet with her son and her husband today after church at uh, Woodgrove Mall. And uh, perhaps on Tuesday or Wednesday, I will move to Duncan, but I will come every Sunday here. So... 
let if you can please pray for that that uh, it will we will connect well it was the 10 second rule of when you first meet people that was very true you know she was standing in line in timmy's and i was there and we made contact and smiled mm. and we made a connection there so let's hope and pray that it works out yeah. thank you for asking can i ask for all of us just to stand and let's pray for sharmila as she is making this transition in, in the ministry that God has been calling her to, to do and, and now bringing it back here and to see what it is that, that the Lord would open up for her in this place as far as accommodations, as far as, far as work goes. Um, and let's just be praying for her in this next, next season. Go ahead. There is something else. Their re re returning to home, the home country, is just as, can be just as difficult yeah. as going into the mission field. And there's a website called Rocky Reentry, and I couldn't believe how many things that had been on my mind is in that um, in that website. So if you would like to read it, it'll be good. And there might be things that I say and do that you may not understand. Just ask me. For example, yeah, I have to be, when I'm giving instructions, give extremely detailed instructions because woe be unto me if I miss one because that'll come back to bite me. <laughs> so if I am giving you instructions in extreme detail, you can say, it's okay, Shamla. <laughs> I breath. understand. <laughs> so if there is anything I say or do that you don't understand, please ask me. I'm always open to questions. And because re-entering can be difficult. And even now I kind of flip back to Tanzania for some time and then I open my eyes and I'm here. Mm -hmm. So it can, it is, I need help and prayer. Yeah. Yeah. So let's do that right now. Let's pray for Sharmila. Heavenly Father, oh, I thank you for this dear sister, uh, for the ways that you have weaved her into our family, uh, the ways that you have called her and used her to bless so many there in that place far away, and how her, uh, her example and her testimony has been such a blessing to us um, as a church family here. Lord, I just pray that you would continue to, uh, to clearly show Sharmila the path that you have ahead of her. As she makes this transition to, uh, back to our culture, back to our area, as she looks for where it is that you would be leading her in these next days, Father, I pray that she would have a clear sense of your voice speaking to her that she would know your hand directing her steps, uh, that, she would, uh, that she would feel your arms of love and protection and provision around her, and that, that you would then release her for having a, a ministry that would go beyond anything that any of us would be able to imagine, that, that, that your Holy Spirit's empowering in her life um, would touch the lives of so many here in this place. And Father, for, uh, for the rest of us, uh, we pray that, that we would be able to, to be inspired and motivated by Sharmila's story here this morning. That we would be uh, um, 
that we would be compelled to look to you, to listen to you, to listen for your direction in our lives. That we would be your witnesses here in this place. That we would be willing to be led by you to to be witnesses in our Judea, Samaria, the extended region. And Lord, I know that there are are some here in this place that you have your hand on them to, to take them to the ends of the earth to be witnesses there. God, I pray that we would have ears that would hear and hearts that would be quick to obey, to follow wherever it is that you would be leading us. Thank you for what you're going to do. And, and, and we thank you for Sharmila that she is back home and back a part of our family and in our arms. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We just wanted to give you a special welcome home and a special thank you for the way that you have represented us as a church family and your Savior and your God there in that place far away. Thank you. And any of you, if you have questions about being in the mission field, going to the mission field, whatever it is, please don't hesitate to ask me. I will always have time for you.